welcome to the Pro Fun Haver podcast. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, Taki, yeah, we like we already started with our little pre-meeting over here. So, but um, well, welcome to the Pro Fun Haver, um, Pro Fun Haver podcast. It's episode seven of season two. Hey, Kevin, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, like we've had a, a quick uh, <laughs> chat here before everything. We could have actually recorded that. That was pretty much a podcast on its own. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and I'm excited to uh, just chat to you about everything that's going on and all the fun things that we're always doing. Th- that's that's about it. I was I was thinking before the podcast, like your resume just keeps on inclu- like in- increasing like from, from everything that you're doing. So, for the people that, listening, that are listening, and they don't know who Taki is. If you can give an elevator pitch, who is Taki? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this might be a, a tough one. So Very long elevator yeah. ride. <laughs> yes, I guess it all started with our relationship that developed over the racing community. Mm. Um, I've been racing off-road motorcycles since 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've worked on a couple of projects together. And yeah, I don't know how to just describe me, but... I've got a, a large racing background. I absolutely love the adrenaline that comes out of off-road racing. Uh, I studied chemistry and that led me to my position in a company that's absolutely passionate about racing. Um, many people that are involved in the racing in- industry will know Motul. Uh, they sp- uh, supply of a premium lubricant and I'm actually the technical manager for them. So my job really ties in with racing again. Um, I often work with different racing teams and that's given me opportunity to see the world in uh, various different ways and be at different racing events and just grow my love for the sport in all different aspects, any form of motorsport. And I guess I'm a kind of guy that loves problems or loves solving problems so much so that when there aren't problems to solve, I might create some problems to try figure out. So yeah, we're always just loading up the work and trying to get more things done and keep driving for a better future and keeping busy and growing myself. Yeah, well, that, that's that's another thing. So like, our relationship started with um, like b- back when we we both were like sponsored by Fearless. With Edwin, he wanted to do a photo shoot. He said, "Hey, this is guy Tucky that um, that's one of our, our our premium top athletes uh, or top ambassadors and thing." And that's how that that all started. And that's that's when that's when I met you. Now, but before all that, you had quite a significant event occurred to you in your racing career that like kind of give you the whole hiccup we did a whole video project about it and all that so like so t- explain to me like okay pre pre breaking your back and then like leading or let's let's start off with leading up to that like how was your career like looking and like where did it all that all start the, the initial racing racing yeah, bikes? yeah. so uh, i've always been in love with sport any kind of sport from primary school level um, I've always been very outdoors. I live on a plot outside of Pretoria. So I've always loved being in the outdoors, trying new things. Uh, my dad's always instilled a lot of passion in motorsport into me. And um, yeah, at school level, we played all the different school sports up until grade 10 when I found racing. Um, yes, when I started, got on the bike for the first time, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, yes, I think in 2012, I finished my first race, if I'm not mistaken, 260th overall. <laughs> so I was absolutely at the back. And it was just like a new goal for me, something Mm. new to chase, something to keep me driven. And that's always been me. When I'm chasing something, I'll make sure I achieve it in any any way I can. Uh, Yeah, and we progressed from there. 2013 was the first year I really started becoming a bit competitive, picked up a few sponsors, and we started growing. And um, it was a slow progression. The sport's really tough. And... It's a tough sport to really get the, the support that you need to carry on. Um, and I was very fortunate to put in positions where I could represent various different brands that really in, instilled passion in me and trusted me with their brand to develop with them. And yeah, I think the biggest leap was getting into the factory Askovana team in 2018. Yeah, first year was 2018 with them. And again, working with a group of passionate people that backed me in everything. Um, that year, my racing really took off. I committed a lot of time to it. And with that, towards the end of the year, we were racing for the championship. And it was actually the last round of the regional championship. As Kevin mentioned, yeah. I broke my back in that event. And um, yeah, that was a, a big, big eye opener. It, it changed the way I looked at a lot of things. Uh, it's scary times. I woke up from my op and I couldn't feel my legs. Uh, so it almost changed the perspective on life. 
but in a good way. So a lot of people are like, yes, that's hectic. You've had a massive accident. How are you still racing? And it, cha- it just taught me that you can't take anything for granted. Things change so quickly. You've got to make the most of every single opportunity. I was lucky enough that um, while racing, I did still pursue my studies. I'm a very technical orientated person and out of school, for some reason, I did pretty well in science. But I don't know, I just, I just <laughs> yeah. caught it somehow. But out of matric, first thing I wanted to do was mechanical engineering. Um, but massive respect for the guys that did do that. I looked at the maths and I just could not cope <laughs> with it. I ended up pursuing another uh, thing that I really enjoy, which is chemistry. And I actually broke my back a month before my final exams for my chemistry degree. So that also pushed that out. I only wrote my final exams uh, a couple of months later when I was out of bed. And with that degree, managed to get into the position that I am at Motel. And it's given me a job that I really, really enjoy that ties in Mm -hmm. with racing. And Motel's a a massive part of my racing. They're one of my biggest sponsors and they support me. And yeah, it's just created a platform for me to race in every single aspect. Then, yeah, what can we say? Out of the the break in my back, we got back in 2019, started racing, um, started building up. It was a very tough return um not easy to make the 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 turnaround uh yes it still plays in my head every time i get on the bike there's things that hold me back mentally physically we're always trying to improve because my body will never be the same and i have come to terms with that there's always going to be a challenge but we keep working towards it and it's almost a nice challenge there's always something better for me and uh, i like facing challenges it's another (laughs) problem i can solve I'm also very, very fortunate to be involved with a company called Peps and Plastics. They've supported me with absolutely everything. Um, I mean, Ian Pepper's gone out of his way ever since we met. And he's made sure that anything that can assist me get over my injury is provided. And that's why we are where we are right now. First year racing with Kawasaki South Africa. Um, and we're doing some great things. And yeah, I just keep developing and excited to be able to race and be fortunate enough to be able to race at the level that I am. No, that's that's not part of the thing like um so the the podcast is the pro fun of a podcast and you one of those lucky guys that your nine to five job is is part of your passion it's something that you love to do and i don't think many people have that opportunity to 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 find a passion and to find work with a company like motel like the little bit that i've worked with motel now it's like it's a bunch of passionate people that just wants to do cool stuff and they they back people like yourself and that but going back to um, like so your recovery process and all that like you you keep on referring to the thing of of being a, as a problem solving mindset so like you just then basically saw you broke you breaking your back as another problem to solve and that but where did who in, kind of instilled that problem solving mindset in you from like where did that come from yes that's a very very tough question um i think a lot of that comes from my dad um mm or living out on the plot, always being outdoors. There's always something you've got to solve, some problem you've got to solve. And mm-hmm. that grew into me, um, something breaking, let's fix it quickly. Uh, closest towns, half an hour, 45 minutes away, let's quickly mm-hmm. make a plan. There's no mm-hmm. need to drive there. Um, so from a young age, it was solving problems, be it the go-kart with a flat tire <laughs> or a car that doesn't want to start or driving a tractor into a tree. So yeah. from there, <laughs> there was problems that had to be solved. and. Yeah, once we, once I broke my back, it was challenging, but just before the op, the doctor asked me if I want to race again, and it wasn't even that I had to think about it. It was a definite yes. And I think a big part of that is being surrounded by the people that I am. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have the support I have, and a lot of people wanted to see me get back on the bike. There's a lot of devotion put into my racing, a lot of commitment from people that a lot of people committing into my dream and I really appreciated that so many people just want to see me achieve my dreams and I think that adds to that commitment of me wanting to achieve that dream so we'll always try be better in every aspect always work harder and grow as a person yeah well that's the that's the mindset that I've seen you from day one is 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 that that 
trying to push yourself in every aspect if it's now um, like we, we're going from the racing side to your chemical engineering or just doing like helping me get better videos or coming through and sitting editing like everything is seen as a progression like take this step and go from go from this and, and build on that and um, you like recently added one other thing to your resume as being the one of the founders of, of, of your of, of a gin company and that and that also comes with a hell of a lot more problems than that to solve like and I I also got into the tail end of, of helping with the marketing and all that side but like when I met you guys like we're sitting around a table that's always a solution driven conversation it's it's and it's a thing that it's still in you and your and your sister and in Darren like all three of you like we, we okay this problem okay it's this of a negative attitude like okay this is going to prevent us from this okay yes it's going to be a problem but how do, are we going to work around this or how are we not going to add more gold foil to the logo <laughs> and, and stuff like that but but I'm I'm, th I'm seeing this like this this, this constantly go through so, but now going through the the racing you again focusing on the people that's around you and that what what was your mental mental preparation for that because now you're still a young athlete new in the sport getting starting to get factory rides getting all these places and that but now having the mental strength to, to, to okay, go, yes, I want to get back on the bike. Because you've got so I can like, know so many people that get on, not just bikes, but skateboards or BMX or whatever. They have their first big crash and then they just, okay, no, they hang up and they're not going to do it anymore. Even guys that go riding bike and then the first time they break something on the bike is like, ah, this is not for me. So what, what led to you going, yes, I want to definitely get back on the bike and, 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 and succeed in this? Yes, and you're good at checking in the hard questions, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, to me, one big thing is you only finish when you stop fighting. Um, and no matter any situation I'm in, until I'm done, mm. I will not stop fighting. Um, and I think that also came out of my time spent with a lot of juniors. I did a lot of junior development uh, before racing for a pro team where I trained a lot of juniors and I'd biggest thing was to never give up no matter how daunting the task was let's get through it let's find a way through it and, and make it work mm -hmm. and i've seen a lot of the juniors i've worked with take that mindset and progress through their ranks and just before i broke my back a lot of those juniors started getting to the point where they were ultra competitive where they were winning races some of them even beating me at races, which, which is always great. I loved helping them. I mean, there's guys that I race with nowadays in my class, and it's guys that I used to train with and assist them get better. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing it. I love being able to see something that I've taught them, them applying and, mm -hmm. and make it work. So I think with breaking my back, knowing that there's a lot of people that also look at what I do and being a solution towards them, showing them that there are always challenges. There will always be something going wrong. Racing mm. is like that. Yeah. A, racing, nothing ever goes perfectly with racing. I've been in so many situations where, yes, the season's looking great and then the next race, everything just turns pear-shaped. Um, so you always have to look at it in that way. Uh, I think also with breaking my back, I've thought of my racing a lot different. I think a lot more while I race, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I guess you do take, with any motorsport type, Sport, you mm -hmm. will take a risk and Definitely. I managed to limit my risks a bit more with the way I think and I'm trying to progress in other ways to become a faster rider because even though I race for fun and I try and make every single event as fun as possible and that's also where I'm very lucky the team I'm involved with I mean after every single race Ian will ask me but did you have fun mm. even if my results are horrible he'll ask me but did you have fun and that's instilled all the time and I think that is part of the performance benefit is having fun and the results come with that. So I'm always driven around that. And yeah, fun's what we, what we try to do <laughs> and uh, with the fun try to achieve some results because the end goal mm. is to win. All of us athletes want to win and be the best in the sport. Yeah, yeah, because I've I've now seen both those sides of Taki because I've I've have a photo of you like finishing one of the races and, and not having a great result and you can see the physical disappointment. Yes, it's all out there to have fun and that, but I've seen the other side as well when you come in and you won overall and you're like on the limiter, like raving the hell out of that bike, 
and, and it's so much so much fun and you can see that in that and I think that's what the, our sport needs more of is as is, is, is ambassadors of the sport yes we have a ton of riders you can go to a G, GSCC event and you'll have a pit full of riders everyone racing but there's very little people actually giving back to the the junior development like you mentioned and actually being being there for your team because you'll see at the end of the race you'll see taki you talking to your competitors there and there's no no, no hostility but in in that environment and then same in the team i remember when we did the media launch and that for for pepson and that uh, just testing the bikes like ian said okay cool well let's take this year and just develop the bikes and next year we go and worry about winning races and stuff like that and but then you get all of you bunch of guys on the you and dart and then like everyone is competitive like no 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 we're gonna develop the bikes <laughs> but we're gonna bring some bring some silverware home and um I think that entail goes back to 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 look the people that you surround you with. So it's fun, but like it's a competitive nature. Like you, you're still going to get the short end if you come to come if you have a bad result. But it's all in the day. It's just um, creating that environment of of, an, of of a fun thing. And I think that is like again, like you said, um, Ian Ian a result of Ian because he's such a great facilitator of that. Like he still gets on the bike and throws his leg over the bike. And I think that's what he does as well. It's put put himself in that position to where exactly what you guys are doing and then focusing on the fun and then focusing on facilitating that you guys are still have a competitive edge in that in that regard yeah 100 percent. and i think um exactly what you're saying i mean ian's such a good facilitator at making our team a family he brings us mm. all together we always try to help each other have a good time and bring some positive results at the end i mean we've had a really good season so far and it's been really good up to now and we've got a few races coming up now in the next couple of months. And we're going to go out and give everything we can. But another thing um, that I found when I started racing and the off-road racing community really changed my life. Uh, being out there racing, it's something, it's crazy to explain. But I'm happy when people beat me. I'm happy for them. I'm extremely happy for them. I know the hard work that I put in. Um, whenever I've got a gap, I'm working towards being better. So if somebody's beaten me. I know that person's really blood, sweat and tears has gone into it and he deserves mm. it. He deserves that victory. We've got incredible athletes that I race amongst. I mean, yes, we've got world-renowned riders. We've got guys that are absolutely brilliant. Like, I mean, a big passion of mine is Dakar. I'd love mm. to do Dakar at some stage. Um, it's a very expensive event to do. And I believe we've got riders that will always be competitive there. I mean, this year's going to be great. We've got four riders out there that are, are brilliant guys we race against. And it's i mean i was lucky enough with motel to be at dakar motel actually took me to dakar and that's part of my work i was working at that yeah. <laughs> i mean most people could only dream of and the event's just really next level mm. and another thing that i find really cool about the event is like this year we, we've got some excellent riders going for 2022 and in south africa they race against each other but the cool thing is when they get to dakar and it's the way i i see it maybe not everybody sees it that way but you take the step where instead of racing against your South African competitors, you're now working with them to be better because now you're racing against the world. You're not racing against them. You're racing against guys that we watch on YouTube, we watch on social media because they're brilliant. And then we've got a guy like Ross Branch that's now beating them. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's people that are around us that are just really exceptional human beings. And all of them are great people to chat to. You'll always have a good time when you're around them. And it's just really cool to see everybody just reach some new goals and achieve what they've been dreaming of for so so long. Yeah, but that's now that's now to your point of um, people having the opportunity. Like I've seen most of the guys racing in the motocross scene, enduro scene, the cross country racing. All of them now getting that opportunity and going for that opportunity to race in. In, in Dakar and that and as exactly to your point is like what Ross did with Botswana like most people in like didn't even know a country like Botswana existed and here comes this Scalari Ferrari and then he comes and races and he does good and he's now put and uh, put that country on the map now South Africa has had a lot of guys that come out of South Africa that's like Khalil and, and Alfie Cox and those people that have like made those impacts and that but now it's it's like the opportunity for the younger generation, like you guys all now going into that step and fulfilling that spot and, and having that team camaraderie of, of, of we are South Africa now against the world, showing South Africa didn't lose the talent and that. And then, and it's in all scenes. Like the more that I've gotten involved with the with the off-road racing, the four-wheel side and that, like we have 
the the based teams in south africa building some of like the best cars in the world they, it doesn't matter they compete on the local scene but then they go to dakar and it's like okay yes we're doing this for south africa and we're doing this i spoke to um julian from from cr racing he is not he's not even a south african but he wants to put south africa on the map for this for the racing team that he does and like you guys are now doing the same thing it's like yes it's building that camaraderie and 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 having the best people to race against locally will only develop that talent even more yeah 100 percent. and i mean also a lot of it comes out from what we learn from each other i mean i've been fortunate enough to be in a team with kenny gilbert since 2018 and i mean another rider that's done exceptionally well at dakar he showed what south africa's got to offer and he's helped me a lot through various tough times um just keeping a level head and solving the problem that we face and still to today every now and then He'll be out at the track with me, pointing out things just to try and prove where we can. Um, and, I mean, you can't buy experience. Mm. And it's really nice that so many other people in the community are willing to share and assist where they can, especially when we look at the bigger picture, because that's the only way we can perform the way we need to overseas, is to all work together, because we do have exceptional guys that know how to work hard. And if I look at the guys that race with me, so many of them... Yes, I take my hat off to the hard work that they put in because most people wouldn't put that in for just big money. Mm. And there's not really extreme amounts of profitability out of racing. All of us are doing it for fun. Yeah. Yes, some guys are making a bit of money out of it, but it's not that it's a full-time thing and that that's all you can do. You need to do something else to support yourself. But everybody's working extremely hard and it's cool to see that. It's motivating to see that. And I, I think that's the big thing that uh, we keep each other motivated and always strive to do something better. 100%. And I think the more people that actually make it to the level of going from, from the local racing and a GXCC, a GXCC to going to, to, to Dakar, um, with the, the amount of people going this year or end of this year to Dakar, and that, I think that motivates you as a young rider. If, you, if you're an upcoming rider and you're going and you're like, hey, but I'm, from, I'm also from South Africa. I also started here. You said yourself, like you finished the, one of your first races, you were 200 and how many if, in the pack, and now you one of the world-class riders you've won championships in our in our stuff so going from from that to 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 winning a championship it's like you showing that it's possible to do it and not only doing it you you balancing a, a, a career with that two jobs basically starting your own company working for motel training and then also on the racing side so what did you how do you manage what is your system to that time management to be able to balance all that for for for, for that sake because that's one of the <laughs> biggest things that you mentioned that yourself like you can't do racing full-time it's not a thing that's 100 percent possible in south africa but how do you keep that balance yeah, so that's, uh, I think the biggest part is the people you surround yourself with mm -hmm. um, because it's really quick that the wrong people can drag you down. Uh, they can almost kill your motivation. And that's been a big driver. I mean, when I was at school, when I started racing, uh, my, my friends, my family backed me 100%. Even when I was finishing outside the top 200, I had friends asking me on the Monday, how was the race? How are you going to be better? What's next? When can I come watch the next race? And that was really cool. But at the same time, I was driven to try to get the results that I wanted because I did want to study after school. So it made me focus in class, work hard outside of class. And I was never in the, had, I never had the opportunity to purely race um, because straight from a trick I went into studies. I was studying while I raced. And at the whole time, racing was always there and there was something else that was taking up time, which I feel was never negative. It taught me a lot more about my time management and I made every little bit of time count on the bike. And at the same time, it was my escape from the overload of what was happening. Um, like, I mean, at times the studies were really just piling on when I had my exam periods and then the exams always fall around the last few rounds <laughs> of a national series. So now you, I mean, I've had places where I'd write the exam on a Friday, race a national on a Saturday and write the exam on a Monday. Yeah. So it really piles on the work. But the racing puts you in that place where you don't have time to think. There's no time to think about anything else other than staying on the bike and going yeah. as fast as you can. So it's always been my almost rehab, I think, mm. the racing. And I've been surrounded with great people. When I started working with Motel, we were a small team, extremely motivated team. We still are an extremely motivated team, even though we've tripled in size since I joined. Um, 
So I'm in a working environment where it's very competitive. I mean, I've got coworkers that are very competitive. We always have laughs because we have like a Friday games day every now and then, and then everybody's just trying to outdo each other. And that's, (laughs) it's really cool to be in a working environment that's so competitive. My training environment off the bike is also very competitive. We train at BFIT and then there'll be challenges every now and then where guys want to outdo each other and everybody's (laughs) just extremely competitive. And racing's competitive. Uh, the, the gym market's extremely competitive and that's a daunting new task that I've taken on. I mean, it's been, in, it's been a work in progress for a year. We've only just launched. It's been two weeks, just over two weeks. And we're trying to develop something in an oversaturated market, but we've come with something unique and it's a, it's a new challenge. So, yeah, I think being so busy has made me make the most of every single second that I've got. Whenever I can go training, I maximize the training. Um, but at the same time, when I am on the bike, it's my reset mode for the new things that have to come. Because I'm also busy with my honors, finishing my, my chemistry honors at the moment. That also takes up a lot of time. But without taking that off time, I would, I'm almost 100% certain I'd burn out every single week. Mm-hmm. So now when I feel the work's becoming too much between my, my daily work, which isn't really work, I, I love what I do. So mm-hmm. it's really, really enjoyable. But the long days catch up and the bike's the reset button. Take some time off, go ride my bike. When I get back that evening, I sleep like a baby, (laughs) wake up in the morning and I'm ready to take on anything again. Mm. So I think the combination almost works well. It's a winning recipe in my opinion. I haven't won a national championship yet, so hopefully we need to adapt the recipe a bit more and we can end up winning one. Um, But it's really given me awesome results and I've enjoyed my whole mm. journey even with with the negatives that have come they've taught me and helped me grow through it I mean my back's really it was a daunting task to get out of bed and start again I mean I've spent so many days walking in a swimming pool just trying to get my the weight off my back and grow from that um, but it's it's shown me that there's a lot more to everybody um, you think you're performing at your best or you think you're doing everything you can, but there's always something else you can do. Mm. And my back pointed out a lot of differences and a lot of ways that I can adapt what I'm doing to do something better. And that there's very little that can limit a person as long as our minds put that goal into perspective. It's not creating unachievable goals, but creating a goal that scares you, Mm. but something that's realistic enough that a couple of changes can get you there. It's not going to be easy, um, but it's it's achievable. Uh, I think I think that's the main thing. Like you mentioning the 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 um, re, the bike being the reset button. Now the the little bit of like I've never raced in that. We've raced on pit bikes and all that uh, recently in that. But just going riding on a track, like ex- that's exactly what you said. It's that meditation thing and that. Um, I think it's it's a thing of like you forget everything and that you because you just like even like the inexperience I am like you have to focus ex- extremely hard on not crashing and not going this and not doing this and then also adding to that is the the fitness side of it um, I've, I've picked up 110 percent the the more the, the fitter I am the better I can ride on the bike the more I can focus on that because as soon as you get tired you little bit focus you lose focus but I think as uh, you, you said it now perfectly is as soon as that gets heavy then I, I said to Tyler this morning we went uh, training at uh, training at Bifar I haven't been there for four weeks and usually I train there at least every Monday and then the rest of the days I train at the normal gym and that that training and pushing yourself and then going for okay you know what i'm this is what the bar is but i'm gonna go a little bit further but just take that little bit of adjustment and push that further i think that's what people are lacking these days especially now in in COVID and all that everyone is like taking okay we can chill a little bit and that and some people like yourself and that has taken it as a okay as another problem to solve let's let's find out how we can adapt and survive this and build on this and Go from okay, cool. I'm loving what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm the racing is my reset button, and then also like having the gin on that on that side and being able to balance it all. I think people are, people have asked me, and I'm sure people have asked you the multiple times, like how do you get that optimization? Like how do you get all this done? And I said, yes, we all get the same 24 hours in a day, but it's how you use those 24 hours. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, at the same time, um, like. If I take the racing out of my lifestyle, it might be quick that I fall into an unhealthy lifestyle. Mm. The racing, because I'm so competitive and want to be better on the bike, I look at what I'm eating. 
I'll make sure I get the training in because I want to mm. do better on the bike. But it helps me in so many different ways. It helps me lead a, a healthy lifestyle. But and leading that healthy lifestyle has given me more energy to t- take on the daily tasks. So even though it's loading an extra hour or two into my day that's really mm. limited, it's th- things that give me more energy. Even though mm. training is hard. I mean, I've often trained early mornings and then, yes, the day just goes by so quickly. Yeah. You've got energy to attack mm. everything that's happening. You take on all the tasks. You've got a systematic process. Do them one by one. Take them all off. And, yes, when you get into bed at 9, 10 in the evening, even later, whenever you do get into bed after having a day like that, you don't lie there wondering about this or that. You close your eyes and you sleep yeah. because <laughs> the day's been hectic. And that's just... Mm. That almost creates that that healthy lifestyle that you're sleeping well as well because mm. I think that's also a very important thing that I've I found often that if I'm not sleeping well all my performance just goes be yeah. it from a studying point of view from a work point of view or a racing point of view not getting that good sleeping not necessarily nine hours of sleep but even if it's five hours of good sleep mm. it really does wonders for what needs to happen the next day. 100% and that's one thing that yes Bernard to, from the from I started started with him like the one thing that he kept on hammering on was get quality sleep get your eight hours in sleep if, if like you said not even if it's not eight hours it's just get that sleep in and then it's just to recover your body as well because yes you you like okay you and the and the motel and knowing the the the, the liquid side of, of everything lubricant side of it you can't run an engine at 100 percent the whole time like at some point you need to change the oil you need to do this you need to give it a little bit of downtime to cool down and, and then then to pack it on again and i think that's such an important thing and and, and also with you the thing that you said i've had this thing I, I think i heard it on the joe rogan podcast is that everyone has a battery and this battery needs to be depleted every day for it and then recharged at night because if you don't deplete it during the day there's always going to be like if you do if a, if a battery doesn't run through its cycle it always it packs up earlier or it has a little residue and it overflows and all that stuff and that's where you get these shitty humans so you get people that are frustrated <laughs> people that are irritated in traffic like like how how chilled are you after a hectic day or like a morning training session or a hectic day at work driving home you just want to get home and chilled and like you so more relaxed yeah, yeah. Than, than than a normal person would have been and and I, I just saw it now like I, I spoken to Natasha and I said to her um, oh she said how, how was your afternoon I said no I got this and this and this and this done and whatever and, uh, and I was like oh like there's a lot that's been ticked off yeah there's like so much that have been ticked off today and it started with um, like four waking up at 4am going to Bernard to training with him with Tyler and training at BFIT coming home smashing and then running all of a sudden oh it's lunchtime cool have a, have a healthy meal and boom boom okay cool you've got energy to do the last part of cool work work a little bit and go, just go with it so I think it, like, you hit it on the headers Firstly, is just to manage that time and optimize that time that you that you're doing. Like whatever you're doing, make sure that you're not procrastinating, sitting on TikTok and flipping, flipping through through random videos and stuff. Instead of using that time on something else where you can actually benefit yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's it's literally about maximizing it. I've seen people that go out and ride bike for eight hours, mm. uh, where I might ride for two hours on the weekend, but. My two hours, I try building as much quality as I can. Not saying that the guys that are doing eight hours aren't putting in quality. A lot mm-hmm. of them are putting in exceptional hours, and that's why they get the results they do. Yeah. Um, but just making sure that the time that I'm on the bike is is full on quality. Yeah, and overall, just trying to keep that motivation up. I mean, there are days where you aren't motivated, um, but I think that's where your circle becomes very, very mm-hmm. important. Uh, it's, it's often that you have a very big circle, um, I mean, I saw it before I broke my back. I was really at the peak of my racing. I had some great support, and I really appreciated all the support. But a lot of that support died down after breaking the back, and I wasn't achieving the results in 2019. Um, and we started growing again from there. And it's seeing the people that are close-knit, the people that understand what you're going through. Um, I mean, I've got just remarkable friends, family, uh, my girlfriend, I mean, she, she actually rides also for the SA team. So she's also extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. She's also motivated. Um, my racing team, everybody in the team wants to be better than the guy next to them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've been on a track before that Ian yeah. asked me, what am I doing? Because he's faster than me yeah. right here. <laughs> and he's in the master's class, but he wants to beat me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just really that environment. I mean, look at Motel in South Africa. It's a, 
it's an oil company, premium oil company. We're all passionate about what we do. And we're competitive in the market. We're always trying to grow some market share, do something different, be the first to take something on, accept the new challenges. Um, so all the way around, it's just a whole lot of motivation that I try to keep close to me. And that helps me on those days because mm. you'll always have those days that, yes, you're tired. You're not getting through it. You've overworked. Um, and it's always just trying to get that balance going. I mean, I've had weeks where, okay, now I feel great. And then I'll work that whole week as hard as I can. I'll be in the gym, training hard, go cycling, go running. And by the end of the week, I've done just crazy amounts of hours. Like you'll see like 12 hours of training and you almost burn yourself out because now you felt great and it's knowing where your limits are, but still being able to build slowly keep building every single day and that one percent each day makes a massive difference yeah but that's that's not the one thing that i've um, like that's why and i think it sounds like an ad for bfit the whole podcast but um what i what i enjoy training with them is like they don't go and it's like okay push you to 200 percent from the get-go like a, a guy like tyler would go and say like he knows okay cool i'd say from when we started i said to him dude i have problems with my knees i've already had operations on my knees um and then he said, okay, cool, let's look for those weaknesses and then fix those. Instead of trying to push yourself 200%, he said, okay, no, but let's push yourself like 15%, but let's get that and then make it 20 and then 30 and then 50 and then incremental differences. And over time, and then in a year's time, it's like, I can't remember when the last I took meds for my knees. And that's all due to like, like having the right people again uh, around you that sees the opportunity and okay, cool, but now we need to solve this problem and we need to focus on this. And it, like uh, the testing to the competitive nature, like when we did that uh, shoot at Motel, there was those little carts and everything. And like five seconds later, there was people like, okay, can we race them down the hill? And like, that's, that's the mentality that you have. And I think... People sometimes see it as a negative thing, being like competitive and that. But I think if you, in the right mindset, it's the perfect, perfect solution because to 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 that because on those days that you're not feeling on your bar, you're gonna you just feel like okay, I have to step up. Otherwise, I'm never gonna outlive this the one days of bad performance on the on the group. Yeah, I think the competitive nature. There's a very fine line with it because um, I, I have seen people that are extremely competitive and mm. will push themselves really, really far but they can also be very negative when they don't achieve the mm. results that they, they were expecting. And I understand that a lot of people put a lot of time in and they don't always get those results. Um, but what I found works for me is even if I put in all the time that I can and I'm not achieving the results, I always ask myself, why is that person beating me? And mm. pretty much every single time it's because that person has done more work than me mm. and that's why I'm happy for them. So. I hate losing, absolutely hate it. But at the same time, I'm happy when somebody beats me. And I think that's the mm. way the way that helps me get through it and stay positive in it because we'll all always want to win. So yeah, it's just no. that fine line of still being happy when somebody beats you to understand that that person's actually worked towards it. It's not that they just got it. Mm -hmm. uh, like everything in life, there's always work involved. Definitely. It's not just the racing, but the racing's made it very, very clear that what you put in, you can get out. Yes, a whole lot of other things have to align. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to try and not crash and you got to think about everything else. But overall, generally, when you're working hard, you get the results, be it in anything that I do. Definitely. Now, now, so taking all this in consideration and like knowing your past and how you approach these things, what is your outlook on, on going forward? I know you, like, you're, you're now very focused on Theros Gin and, and, and developing that and all that. And you also said you would like to um, race in Dakar on that. But what is the plan, like the next, like leading, leading forward? Like what is the, what is the aim to, to, to get done? <laughs> Create some more problems that I can solve. <laughs> eh? <laughs> so, yes, the outlook at the moment well, it's, it's tough to say. So I definitely want to win a national championship mm -hmm. because I haven't, I've come very close, but I haven't won a national championship. So I am very focused on achieving that. Um, work, work. I mean, I don't really have to put a goal at work because I'm learning every <laughs> single day. It's really a cool environment to learn. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had people, every day I have a customer that will call me and I've learned a lot from customers calling me, asking me questions that I don't know the answer to. I'm in a position where I communicate with the guys in Europe quite often. I've got a place to ask the questions I need. I get the feedback and I learn through that. So it's constant growth. Um, and that's the same reason I am still busy with my, my studies because I feel progressing in my studies will also assist in my daily role at, at the company. And I'll understand a couple of things in more detail 
and especially with the oil industry there's a lot of negativity with hydrocarbons and uh, greener future and I believe that my studies can assist that as well I mean the team at Motel is also working on it 24 7 um, because we have to look after the the, the world that we live in uh, create that greener future that cleaner future that we've got um, and yeah with uh, with Dakar Dakar is a big dream um, to be there uh, I've been there as a non-competitor and I think mm. that created a worse thing yeah. for me because now that I've been there I really you've really you've seen a really big problem that you need to solve <laughs> it's, it's a really big problem that I need to solve and it's it's just a remarkable event I think just to be part of it be a mm. part of that ev- adventure and just race against the world as a South African would be great um, just seeing seeing the potential that the guys have I mean even if I come 50th mm. I would like to finish Dakar I think it would be a remarkable adventure um, yeah and just keep building with a team uh, I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position I've got a team that will go to the ends of the world for me I mean the other day we wanted to test my bike quickly um, Ian and Lee came out they didn't even ride bike they just got me on the bike testing for a couple of hours mm. and loaded my bike up again and went I mean that's two hours out of both of their days if not more uh, two hours of just traveling I mean it's five mm. hours out of their days just to see me be better mm. um, and they they really go out of their way um, even my teammates we're always trying to help each other so I, I think that's my outlook just be better at everything that I can <laughs> um, I know a lot of people will say that um, it's, it's a structured way that I'm just trying to in, improve myself because we've always got something to improve on uh, there's always some negatives around everybody that we've got to try to work out I mean social media for example has been a, a place where I've almost taken a bit of a break off it because there's often a lot of negativity that goes around on social media mm. I've unfollowed quite a few people as yeah. well uh, <laughs> changed the people that I, I follow because mm. it's cool to see the motivation wake up in the morning everybody always goes on to social media in the morning or in the evening and mm. those are like some of the worst times in my opinion to go on because you're setting yourself up for failure in the morning if you're seeing negativity in the morning mm-hmm. or you're setting yourself up for a bad night's rest if you're seeing negativity in the evening um, so it's really cool to have motivational people around me um, I, I, and yeah just racing has created an environment that I can network with so many people racing mm-hmm. is really I mean racing is a reason that I got to meet the people that I work for now I mean I've been racing for Motel since 2013 mm-hmm. and ended up uh, getting a job with Motel in 2019 so it was a place that racing created a network for me and there's been so many places in my life where it's people I've met through racing and just networking knowing people and getting to know different stories and different challenges that everybody's faced I mean I know so many different challenges so many people that have faced so many extreme challenges and it's remarkable how they've overcome them and I learned from all of them and that's the that's my biggest outlook going forward just Mm. keep chatting to people trying to motivate (laughs) people learn from everybody everybody's got something they can teach you and I've seen it over and over again I might be faster than let's take Ian for example but Ian teaches me on the bike every single time I'm I'm there every time Mm. he's there he can point something out that can make me better um come race day I'll still beat him yeah but he's got a way at improving myself um or my performance and that's that's the thing it's not just in racing there's always somebody that can teach you something and never never think you're too good to listen to somebody else because everybody's got a story they can tell that you can learn from no, definitely. And I'm glad you're touching on the social media side of it because that's one thing that I've recently done as well. I've, I've followed a lot of people and I've gone out of my way to unfollow every news agency. Now, I'd like if, I, if something big happens, I hear it from someone else, maybe. But like, it's not to let that nef- nef- negativity inside. Like you've, you've done so much effort, like you've explained how many times about the, the, the people that you surround yourself with. But people don't see the people that they follow on social media as the people that they surround yourself with. Because because that's and also to to not see it as competitive i've so many times gone and like ah oh, but like why is that guy doing this and i can't do this and this and then you kind of have to change your mindset around it and be inspired by it. like you you said it yourself now you happy for the people that that uh, that beat you in racing because you know what work they put in and um 
and on the social media side as well when you see someone achieve something great like i think i always use the saying it's like a rising tide rise a rising tide raises all ships so if it's doing good for someone else that means there's there's more to come there's more waters for everyone to to share in that sense so if if someone is getting the opportunity to go to that car, that means that opportunity is there. There is an opportunity to be able to go there. Or um, if someone is in racing or someone is doing this and this and there, that opportunity is always there. So I think you should not look at it of why is that guy getting it and say, okay, what can I do more to be better or you know, next time be better than that guy? So the, whoever whoever's giving him that opportunity can rather give that opportunity to me or to someone 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 else that's deserving of that opportunity yeah, to go the, through. I, I think the best thing to say is to learn from it and take the positives mm. from everything you see. I mean, if we look at the times we're living in right now, a really unprecedented, <laughs> unprecedented I mean, it's so many crazy things happening around us that we've got to focus and all work together to get get that end goal achieve that end goal take the little positives look uh, i mean I, I use social media a lot for look at the places i can go and the people i can yeah, see exactly uh, i mean social media opens your eyes to the world gives you like really cool things that you can save like i want to go there one day i want to see that one day and creating that link with everything i mean i'll wake up in the mornings there'll be people that yes on their story they've already gone for a 10k jog that mm. that motivates you you yeah. gotta get out of bed and get <laughs> exactly. moving you know? exactly. there, there's yeah. so many ways to see the positives and i think that really really helps so mm. yeah it's it's tough to always be positive mm. but i think it's it's worth a try so on on another side of social media which i've seen uh, happen happen a hell of a lot now these days is um, especially in the motocross well I'm referring to like Justin Barsha I don't know if you've seen he started vlogging now as well and that how important like from an athlete side and actually working for a company that support these athletes um, how do you see it be going forward like would you think it's being becoming a more prevalent thing where social media is going to be not not necessarily social media but having your own outlet for content like for instance like the Justin Barsha that, that now he is a world class super supercross racer and he's a phenomenal human but now what he's doing is he's getting a hired a cameraman and an editor and they follow him around to the races to record his life and make vlogs of his life so how important do you think will stuff like that be going forward uh, i think it's a really really cool thing i mean a lot of the riders have started doing vlogs um i, I don't necessarily think blogs is the only solution to it but i think it's a good way for people to appeal to a different market you start appealing into the entertainment market and i think that's where a lot of people can be short-sighted when it comes to sponsorship um is it doesn't help that the marketing goes to the same circle of people the whole time because then that pie stays the same size and you can only grow your slice of the pie where the idea would be to grow the pie mm. so out of the racing community me as a racer um i would like to grow the community so where we've got 100 entries at a race i'd be super happy to have 110 the next race or we've got a gcc with 500 races if we can have 550 or 600 it makes it amazing because that means that everybody that's investing in the sport is making more money and in the end those guys that are investing in the sport can reinvest a lot of their, their capital that they're making so that's the way i look at it um we need to try find ways through social media and through the marketing wherever we are a influencer um i mean as, as soon as you start winning or even before you're winning um you've got people that look up to you and you don't really realize it and often you'll only realize it once it's too late um people that will know everything you do that means that you can influence a decision that way not necessarily influence a decision negatively and make somebody buy something that won't do them any good um but influence people in a way that there's a benefit i was chatting to a guy today and he said yeah you you're one of the reasons i've bought so so much different things and i said well at least none of it has been bad quality Mm -hmm. Uh, i've driven premium stuff that's assisted you in in different ways and that's somebody that just started out riding so i always try to look at somebody and yes just you extremely busy at work you've got so much going on how about trying to ride bike it's a great reset that person rides bike for the first time and ends up buying a bike and going on an adventure he learns something might not be a competitive race after that but where i've got fast supplying me kit that guy if he starts riding bike 
will buy kit. It's not somebody that's already buying or have support from somebody else that you're trying to convince. It's bringing new people in and helping the whole market grow because that's, that's, that's the end goal. I mean, or bringing Kawasaki into the racing again, um, it's, it's, some, it's a new competitor, it's a new brand in the market, um, but at the same time, it's created healthy competition amongst the different brands and it's a way to grow the sport again. And that's, that's the way that I'm trying to look at it, not try to steal market share from somebody else. Let's grow the market, create more sales and grow the whole industry because we need the industry to grow because mm. if the industry grows, it will create more opportunities for our top athletes to get overseas. And I mean, we've got brilliant guys that race here. We've got so many guys that would do anything to be overseas. Um, but yet funding is a, is a challenge for them. Definitely. And if they could get there, they'd do remarkable things. So yeah, that would be my ultimate goal that long-term the, the racing fraternity is strong enough to send a lot of our riders to compete on the world stage. I mean, even if I never get there, I would like to see the future generations get there and show what we made of because we've got exceptional guys. Definitely. No, no I, I agree with you. Like the more and more that I get involved and see the local guys racing, like there's so much talent in South Africa and so much knowledge in South Africa. And I'm glad that, that there are people like yourself that are influencing these people. And the, the goal is not to like the, the one of the things that stand out to this whole podcast to me is the, the whole thing. Your goal is not to get tucky bigger or grow the, make your reach more or this and this is, but to actually, like you said, perfectly growing the pie. And um, I think that's, that's a, that's a perfect, perfect scenario because if there's more people interested in this and then the, obviously you'll, you'll, you'll grab more attention. For instance, um, they, they're the same up and out. And when you, when you sit um, guys like Justin Barsh on that going more for the entertainment side, because that's exactly what he's doing. If you watch his stuff, it, yes, there is some cool slow-mo footage of him riding and racing, and he's like this, but there's a little bit of the results, but actually more of the background of what he does to get to the races and stuff like that. And now he's going and he's growing the pie because now I can send that vlog to my girlfriend and if she's not focused that much on racing she can also watch it and now she's like oh but this is a cool guy and he's like yeah he races and then I think it just grows that community of people that are racing and that's why one of the one of the big things why um, I also created this this whole attitude of pro fun ever because I said I'm not not a pro racer I'm not a pro at any of the of these things that I do but I'm I can I have, I'm, I'll be a pro at having fun and I think that's back to your goal um, with with within the team as well as to have fun at the end of the day and I think as, as soon as you can you can give people like you said um, ride a bike and it's going to be fun it's going to be a nice reset then you can you can Get, get another guy to buy a bike and because you're riding in fast house gear they're gonna ride they're also gonna get fast house gear and it's gonna just keep on growing that community he might then also get his kid involved and then all of a sudden you have a next generation of riders all gearing up and then we have a thousand riders at the next gxcc event because i have a tucky race there and this and this and this and going from yeah 100 percent. i mean i trained one guy Yes, about four months ago, he just got a bike. He wanted to learn the basics about riding, and I took him out and helped him out with that. Three months later, I got that same guy at Legends MX, mm. and eight of his mates started riding. So yeah. that's nine new people that joined the market. Mm. Um, and, and that's the way I look at it. If I enjoy it so much, I'm certain that yeah. there's a lot of people out there that have Definitely. never been on a bike that will love it, absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, the places that the bike can take you, the places I've seen because of bikes, it's it's really remarkable. So yeah, that's 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 the way I look at it. And I mean, the same the same side from it has changed my perspective quite a bit. Being inside a company that does sponsor a whole lot of uh, athletes, uh, being one of my sponsors as well, I, I always still have to send him my proposal mm. for what I would like for next year, how how I'm going to grow the brand and. Um, it, it's cool to see the way they look at it. And, and that is that is the look. I mean, Motel supports so many different events and their whole goal is to support the events, to try grow those events and grow the market that they are currently based in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just extremely cool to see from that point of view. Definitely. Now, now to, to, to wrap it all up in, in, in one sense, like what would your 
advice now be for someone listening that that wants to wants to get in that and wants to get into the mindset not just i'm saying professional racer or being this and this and that but just general advice that you kind of rules tucky lives by to be able to accomplish what you're doing now it's like what are those those things that you that you're trying to trying to always make sure that you hit those marks on on to be able to achieve what you've done so far i think look at all the problems systematically we've all got problems every single day um, big and small uh, many people have a lot of big problems that nobody knows about and sometimes they're very challenging to face um, and put on a systematic way of thinking to solve that problem and also not make everybody's problem your problem there are a lot of problems out there that you can quickly get caught up in i'm not saying don't support those people support them but it's not your problem to fix mm-hmm. support them in a way to try help them fix it and i think that will create a place where you start remaining um, motivated yes there's some horrible things going on and that can pull you down but if you can solve some of the horrible things it will create a really good environment and space headspace that you're in um so yeah it's not quite one sentence yeah. no no that's perfect I, I i think try include problem solving wherever you can i i, no. I, I was always very math science orientated so I always had a very systematic approach to problem solving. Not everybody will have that type of approach. They'll have mm-hmm. a different approach. Mm-hmm. But if you face a problem, create a method to get that problem solved. Be it a problem of, I can't get out of bed at six in the morning. Mm. How am I going to get out of bed at six in the morning the next morning? Or, yes, I can't run five Ks, but I'm going to go walk five Ks. Mm. Or anything like that. I mean... Uh, I'm late for work. How am I not going to be late for work? Mm. And, and yeah, that would be my best advice. And try have fun in everything you do because it will bring the results. Yeah. If you're not having fun, you won't have results. I mean, I, I won't forget 2015 was the one year that I said, this year I'm going to win everything. And I trained extremely hard. I did so many hours on the bike. And it was my worst year of racing to date sure. because yeah. I wasn't having fun. I was mm. overpressurizing myself. And I think that's that's just so important. Hmm. Yeah, so so a combination of I, th- I love the problem solving mindset. That that's how I attack everything as well. Like you, you kind of and and I think as soon as I've I've now experienced the last two weeks, as soon as I've lost sight of that problem solving mindset, and then everything is chaos, and you get panic attacks and anxiety, and you your mental clear. It's not everything. So as soon as that you you just okay. I need to accomplish X, Y, and Z. How am I going to accomplish X, Y, and Z? And then you, then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, shit! Like I, I can apply this to anything. Oh, oh, if you, okay, I'm bad at this. Okay, cool. How am I going to get better at this? Like that's the same mindset that I took with with when I what got when I got my bike. It's like I know I'm not a good rider, so how am I going to get better? Okay, cool. Spend time at the track. Put the bike, and then I still have my bucky put the back of bike in there go to a track yes i'm scared to to do this yes i'm doing this and this but go okay improve your lap time cool and then i got there and i got the two second improvement on my lap time it's like amazing it's like okay cool but how can i do better okay cool now if i need to find someone to teach you so just treat it um, like systematically and then i think add a little creativity to it like make it your own in that sense because i think that's the thing that most people struggle with is they find these set solutions and they don't feel comfortable in those solutions they don't have fun in that solution so kind of find those solutions but make those solutions your own and then yeah, I, I think, think i think another important point is meet people mm, um a lot of people definitely. are afraid of meeting people mm. um go out there i mean you can pitch up at a track and you can learn something from the guy that's also just pitched up the track next to you 100%. or there might be a pro that you're going to talk to i mean i remember in uh, 2012 i was watching the pros riding on the jetting strip i was too scared mm. to get on the jetting strip mm. and one of the pros low schmidt stopped next to me i was his best man at his wedding a couple of years later like eight <laughs> years later yes. at that stage he was winning championships and i was nowhere and yeah. he assisted me get to where i am yeah so it's a stupid thing of just saying how's it mm. And meeting people at everything you do because people can just help incredibly. Yes, not everybody's going to, mm, but yeah. you might meet two or three people out of 10 that are willing to go that extra mile for you. And long term, they're going to help you out. Exactly. Well, I, I sent you that, that photo, that first selfie that we took at, at Legends MX. And that went from that now to where we are now and like how we've grown in the sense. And that was just me 
reaching out to Edwan and saying, hey, dude, I want to do, I, I want to do a photo shoot with whoever, like, just give me a guy. And then I met you, like, we met at the track at the day of the 100%. shoot. And then, and then that turned out to like this whole, like, we're doing projects together, becoming good friends, going to trips on Durban and going doing photo shoot missions there and stuff like that. And we like, it's just, it all started with just networking and finding those people. And yes, yes, like anywhere, like anywhere you go, you're going to find people that are not your best intent at heart. And that's just part of it. And you're going to have to learn from that. Like, yes, okay, this is the type of person I need to avoid if going forward or whatever. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I mean, that's another thing that I found. And I know we're now carrying on no, quite long. It, but like, um, yeah. you often find people that you, you, you almost automatically see they don't have your best intent mm. at heart. Um, but there's no need to be upset with them. I know a lot of people will hold a grudge about that and get upset about it. I shrug mm. it off really, really easy. It's a good quality that I have. If something negative has happened or somebody's done bad to me, um, it doesn't phase me long term. And it's very luck. I'm very lucky I can get over it like that because focusing on it doesn't help any situation. Mm, no, so definitely. the people that don't want to help you, it's not an issue. If they don't want to, it's, it's up to them. And you can't be mad at them for not helping you. Mm. But when you get to somebody that really wants to see you do better, appreciate it, make all the time you can to help them as well and not mm. just take from them. And I think that's that's really helped me out a lot, not holding any form of grudge against guys. And if anybody wants to help me, I'll always go to the end of the earth to help them back in any way I can. Not, I can't always do it, but mm. wherever there's the slightest gap that I can, I'm always willing to help. Definitely. And I think what, what you were saying about the grudge thing, I think that's that I can't remember the whole quote, but the thing is like holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting your enemy to die. It's like that type of thing because you sitting with that, that person probably doesn't even know you holding the grudge against them. But now now you evaluating that. And one other thing about like people that I've recently found out, not recently, but like kind of reminded myself of is not to take uh, base your opinion of a person on someone else's opinion of that person because i've recently dealt with a person that i've gotten um, other people have like said many many bad things of this person and then like all of a sudden like it's the exact opposite i'm like 100%. so what is going on here and then you actually find out oh but those other people are jealous of this and this and they've got their own grudge and they've got their own stuff so i think don't take like other people's opinion. Make your own own um, own like and, uh, meaning about this. And people. I mean, at the same time, everybody, like I said earlier, everybody's got challenges that mm. they face that they're not talking about. You might catch somebody on a terrible day, yeah. and that person's having a horrible day, and he shrugs you off. It's not that he intends it. He mm. actually just doesn't. He's not in the mood for anything yeah. like that. I mean, I've had things happen to me that. Yes, my day is absolutely horrible and I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm. And sometimes I fear for people that I've met that day might <laughs> think I'm an absolute asshole and yeah. then I want to go speak to them afterwards. You like almost apologize because that's not me, mm. but it was a bad time that you caught me. And we try to avoid those situations, Definitely. but everybody can get into that. So mm. uh, often try to look at it from other person's point of view, but it is always tough. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's a tough place to be in and that's why just smile at a guy and say how's it and try yeah. build from there definitely and, and and that's one of the things like that's that's 110 percent how i have grown what i've now done with with the photography side and that and the podcast as well just be able to network with those people and sometimes like the lucky thing we on episode number what is it yeah, it's episode seven so it's about about 40 46 episodes now and i've had one bad guest on that not bad guest but guy that i thought was like something on social media and then i chatted to him and like he was a completely different person in person and then and, and and that's now that that's the odds that i've had like out of the 47 guests that i've had i had one that's actually not bad and i think that's exactly the same with anyone else you you go and you interact with the people you give them the benefit of the doubt and let them prove themselves um, wrong or, or right in that regard and, and build on that but yeah, I think that's 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 the main main goal. I think that's again. I think that keeps on reminding me why I've changed the podcast name to the Pro Fun of a Podcast. Is at the end of the day, you need to have fun at what you're doing. If it's developing yourself, if you're happy with 
doing your nine to five accountant job that's perfectly happy fine doing what that is and if you like want to push yourself and want to grow yourself even if it's one percent or two percent a day perfectly do that you not, not everyone is going to go to dakar not everyone is going to go race the lamar and go when they when they get behind the steering wheel or whatever they so but if you can find happiness and the results and the, the the progress that you're making and you can be the 70 80 year old guy sitting there and it's like yes okay i've done from this time to this time i've decided to just improve myself by two percent in, in, in a month and then you, you, as long as you keep on keep that progress going 100 percent. i think the easiest way to end it is mm-hmm. that uh, the yeah. harder you work the luckier you get that's that i think that's the perfect way to to end it and tucky thanks for your time like yeah it's, it's already we've run late and we've had a lot to chat about <laughs> like you've uh, you've had a, an awesome career and then thanks for your time and yeah like i'm looking forward to working a lot more with with with, with you like in the in the Thados and all that and then the racing side let's let's get you that national championship and get you to Dakar <laughs> no, thanks Kev thanks for having me on the show and taking the time out to let me tell my story it's, it's mm. always a pleasure talking to people and I, I hope I've at least given some form of positivity out there mm, and yeah lo- lots of things to come yeah if people want to get more in depth on, the, on that story there's a video on the Disruptive Intent YouTube channel where it's back at it that uh, the, the little documentary thing then we, a video that we did with, with Ducky so if you guys want to watch it I'll even leave a description on the bottom but now talking about that and social media and all that where can people find you on social media yeah so all my social media is uh, driven around my race number triple two mm-hmm. um, so Bajar just triple two on Facebook and Instagram um, you guys can pick, chat, chat to me there I mean I'm always yeah. open if you want to ask any questions I'm happy to assist anybody anybody's ch- facing any challenge that they're not sure how to overcome especially in the racing community I'm always happy to help um, I, I've had to find solutions in very tough ways without having anybody to ask mm. um, if you've got any questions just drop me a message and I'll, I'll try, if I can, give you the solution. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And um, yeah, if you guys do want to go buy a gin, go to Theros Gin. <laughs> <laughs> Product placement. <laughs> Product placement right here, the end, sliding it in. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's a thing of, I, I'm going to put, put a self-promotion in here. Like, I was not a gin drinker before I started working with you guys. And even when we had the taste in that plastic bottle that you gave <laughs> me at the restaurant, it's like, this is not bad. I always thought gin was a horrible tasting. Like, this is not bad. And then this weekend, I had some with finding my mixture, finding my uh, my mix of Thados gin, and it's really, really awesome. Yeah, so, that's eight months of development of some of the best gin out there. Eight months of problem solving leading up to an <laughs> awesome gin. <laughs> okay, but awesome. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys in the next one.